This is Taste for Tenacity, show number 24. What's going on, everybody? My name is Ben Trella, and this is Taste for Tenacity. This week, I wanted to get a bit more tactical and share some of the things that I have learned professionally over the last few years. To give you guys some quick background about my work history so you know where I'm coming from, my first ever paid gig was a newspaper route that I had through elementary and middle school. I did the lemonade stand thing a few times here or there, but the newspaper route was the first consistent income that I had. When I started high school, I wound up dropping the route. Uh, tennis, diving, theater, all the other stuff I did didn't leave much time every Wednesday and Saturday to actually deliver the papers, which was the whole job, right? My next gig was spending a summer at a bike shop as a sales associate, and I did that this summer after my junior year. I got to work with my big brother, which was an absolute blast, and that's where I first started to learn sales. After my senior year, I took a job as an educator assistant at the Michigan Science Center. So I spent the entire summer working with kids. I got to see kids from every level, from pre-K all the way up to eighth graders. And if you ever want to learn about how vastly different kids can be, spend a summer working with them. Now that job ended in early August, right before I started studying at Wayne State. My next gig was with Rock Ventures here in Detroit. Also, I started there four days before I started at Wayne State. During the four years I spent at Wayne State, I spent a total of three of them working at Rock Ventures, and I got to see everything. And when I say everything, I mean that I really got to see everything within the company. I started by folding invoices. That was it. That was my job. Every day I'd get a four to 500 page stack of papers that I'd have to sort through. I'd fold the papers in thirds, stick them in an envelope and ship them to the mail room for three hours a day, five days a week. Now I worked with our team to essentially automate myself out of that job. And then I got to move on to bigger and better projects and cooler things. I worked on the wind down of a company, so ceasing its operations and cleaning up its books. I worked as an accounts payable clerk. I did the accounting for multiple startups. I got to carve out a company from our portfolio. I reviewed thousands of pages of legal documents to make sure our investments were treated correctly on our books. And then I worked as a business intelligence analyst, all while holding the title of intern. I wasn't really an intern. Uh, in the year of my college that I wasn't at Rock, I did a few fun things. Uh, first, I had an audit internship with a big four accounting firm. After that, I took, I realized I needed a break, and so I took four months off before starting as an independent contractor. So basically, I got to do the same work, but on my own terms. So yeah, I've been around the real world for a little bit now, for a little while now. Uh, and I want to use this show to walk y'all through some of the things that I have noticed along the way. First up is theory versus application. One of the most important things that I've seen is the difference between learning theory and learning the actual application. Now theory is what we're taught in school. It's the how-to. We're taught how we should do something so that one day we can actually go ahead and do it. Now theory is great, don't get me wrong. It's what allows us to start recognizing patterns and understand why things are the way they are. What's more important though, knowing why we should do something or actually being able to do it. 
I'm partial to application. It's one thing to know something, and it's totally different to be able to actually apply it. It's taking the theoretical and using it in new creative ways. If you want to make yourself insanely valuable, double down on application. Next up, the learning cycle. So while we were on the subject of learning, I wanted to walk through how we actually learned something. So there are three major steps, what, how, and why. In looking back over my career so far, which sounds ridiculous because I've only been in the real world for four years, the cycle is clear. As an AP clerk, I learned the basics of accounting. I learned the debits and credits. I learned the what of accounting, what to do. Next, I took an auditing internship, which was all about the how. I was tasked with determining whether one, the processes made sense, and two, whether companies were actually abiding by those processes. I learned how business processes should be structured to ensure that they're both productive and protect the company and its workers. Lastly, I learned the why. I got to work with brilliant people to understand why business operations are run the way they are. I got to learn the underlying strategies to running a business and the goals that a solid business can actually accomplish. Next, how I prep for a job interview. If there's one part of the show you listen to, this should be it. Now, full disclosure, I love interviews and I'm going through the interview process now and so it's fresh on my mind too. If I'm interviewing for a job, I'm confident that it's a company whose missions and vision align with mine. Now, this process and this tactic is meant for people who have actually chosen companies that fit their values and that they actually care about. I'm going to preface this section with a warning. The single most important thing you can do in an interview is be authentic. We can always tell when we're being sold to or when someone's putting on a front. We can feel it. Interviewers are on a totally different level. Their job is to find the best possible candidates for a job, and so they know what to look for and how to tell when someone's full of crap. Be genuine in your responses. You're still trying to present yourself in your best light, but that doesn't mean you have to put on a total facade just to get the gig. And think about it. Would you really want to work somewhere that would force you to wear that same facade when you were an employee? Would that be a healthy work environment for you? How would you feel about your job in two years after wearing that facade? Now, with that disclaimer out of the way, let's get a little tactical. The main thing you need to do is get a feel for the company. First, pull up the company's website. Dig around for their mission and vision statements. These will give you some insight into the company's overarching why of existing. If you like it, sweet. You should have an employer whose mission is similar to yours. Next, dig around to find out what its core values are. Knowing its values will help you craft answers to common interview questions. Think back over your experience, however vast it may be, and think about projects or lessons that you've learned that showcase the company's values. Maybe one of its values is creativity. Think of an experience that shows how you creatively solved a problem. Now, never actually say the value that you're referencing, though. In our example, I'd say, well, in this project, we were able to take a fresh new approach than the rest of our classmates to solve a complex problem. We allude to creativity, but we never specifically name it. Next, I'll look for blog posts or articles that the company has written. This will help understand what's on the company's mind. You'll see how the company thinks and get a feel for its overall style. 
Then I'll look for breaking news about the company and its industry. Here, we're trying to get a better understanding for the overall context and environment that the company is working in. This step will help show what pro problems the company is dealing with and how it's trying to evolve and adapt to those. Lastly, I'll review my resume. I want to be familiar with everything I'm telling them about myself. I'll also have a few stories or experiences ready that aren't listed on my resume. I want to have as many tools in my tool belt as possible. It's all about getting those ready to best answer their questions. That's it. Is it a bit overboard? Maybe, but it's how I give myself the best chance of getting that job. Next up, work-life balance. I'm probably one of the worst people to ask about work-life balance because I am not a balanced person. During college, one of my friends said, Ben, you're nuts. Don't you have any other setting? I looked at him and said, I only have one setting, 400%. If I had to sum myself up in one sentence, that would probably be it. There is little to no balance in my life. Whatever I'm doing right now, I'm all in on. Cut out the rest of it. It's all just noise anyway. My secret to work-life balance is to structure things so that I can be all in on one thing at a time. Let's take family life. On Sunday evenings, my parents host Sunday dinner. Whatever family is available, siblings, nieces, aunts, uncles, whomever, go to my parents' house for dinner and to catch up. Nothing crazy formal, just a good chance to get together. Now, when I was active in my fraternity, I would not go to fraternity meetings that were on Sunday nights. That was family day. I don't hang out with friends on Sundays. That entire day is dedicated to spending with my family. Leisure time? That's dedicated for leisure, whether that means watching TV, my latest binge has been Mindhunter, uh, or reading a book. I believe in focusing solely on what's important now and setting the rest aside. Is spending time with your family important? Dedicate time to it. Do you love to read? Set aside that time. Drawing? Yup. If you don't dedicate time to it, it won't get done. Last, but certainly not least, tracking your spending. The reason I start with tracking your spending whenever someone asks me to help them figure out money is this. You can't know where you're going if you don't know where you are now. Tracking your spending gives you a baseline of where your money goes. It allows you to figure out whether you're spending money on things you value. There are a few different ways you can go about this. To start, I typically suggest reviewing about three months of transactions. I know that sounds like a lot, but it gives you a good sample size to look at. Okay, so method number one is the simplest. Get your credit card, bank statement, whatever, and a sheet of paper, a pen, and get to work. Write out what you spent and what category it falls in, which could include mortgage, rent, insurance, uh, groceries, restaurant. Write out every single transaction, category, and amount. Then total them all up to see what you spent your money on. Method number two is almost identical to number one, but instead of a paper and pen, you use Microsoft Excel. Same process, just with typing instead of writing. Method number three, and my personal favorite, is to use a tool or app that pulls your transactions from any and every source possible. I use Mint, it's from the TurboTax people, uh, to track all of my spending. I spend a bit of time linking my accounts, and now it takes maybe five minutes to review all my new transactions. It creates some solid charts and reports to see where your money is flowing. Now, once you get in three months of data, whether you go back in time or start now, take a look and see where your money's going. Every cent, every cent should be accounted for. I promise you will find some crazy stuff. 
Now, the cool thing about tracking your spending for th those first three months is that it redirects your awareness. It forces you to be aware of every dollar you spend. So naturally, you'll start to spend less money. Pretty neat, hey? Just start there. Start with becoming aware, and we'll go further once we're ready. So yeah, that's it for this show. I threw a lot at you guys, so take the week to digest it. If you have any thoughts or specific questions, hit me on my Instagram. I'm at Ben Trella. That's at Ben.Trella. And I'm looking forward to hearing you, hearing from you. Uh, and one more thing, take a good look at this podcast art because tomorrow at 1.11 p.m. we're rolling out a new cover. This one has served us well, and I want to thank my face for getting us this far. From Taste for Tenacity, show number four, this is Ben Trella. Thanks for listening.